This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a hop shank. off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome, uh, he is not a stranger to this podcast, the semi-pro himself, the great Mike Dominic, former Turing pro, to give us his assessment on the 2023 Masters. Mikey D, semi-pro, can use both names, I guess. Thank you for coming on the podcast for like the fifth time to give us your expertise of one of the greatest golf tournaments in the world and what you saw and what just happened. I mean, I mean one of the greatest golf you know, tournaments in the world, if, if not the greatest um i'm happy for you to have me back on and you know let's um yeah let's get to it i mean great weekend obviously it was a uh, ruined a little bit by some weather in most folks eyes but i thought it made it interesting i thought kepka was from what i saw you know they kind of separated themselves from the field and it kind of became apparent you know it's kind of a, a two-horse race here uh not surprising brooks coming off the win you know the week before and live trending the right way and rom just had a monster year uh, were you surprised of Sunday's outcome? A, I guess Rom winning it, and B, Brooks not playing his best golf in that final round. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a little surprising, Brooks not playing the way he was. You know, you look at his weekend scores of seventy three, seventy five, where his first two rounds were sixty five, sixty seven. You know, he just had it had it all going, and then it seems like you know they had the they had the weather come in and. All of a sudden, it was you know he, he did what he did on the weekend, but you know Brooks is, as we've known him uh, when he won those four four majors, he was just a stone cold killer, and the stats go to show that it was his first time leading a major going into round four and not capitalizing on it. And I don't know if it ended up becoming fatigue or if he lost a little bit of focus, but you could just see his tee shots. It was starting from the first hole on Sunday missing it way left and scrambling for par. And then the second hole, he, you know, he went over the bunker, but he missed it right, uh, missed the short putt for birdie. And it just seemed like early on he was, you know, protecting the lead a little bit, just never quite capitalized. But, you know, it, it's good to see him back in the mix. I always liked, liked Brooks, you know, up at the, the top of the leaderboard. He's just kind of that – he's got that killer mentality and, uh, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with. And it's unfortunate that he's – you know, um, you know, just kind of went over to the live tour. I, I miss seeing him and a lot of those guys around uh, week in and week out. Do you think less reps on the live tour has anything to do with this? Or do you think, I saw the media talking about a little bit, or do you think that's just a misnomer, that he's gamer enough when it's time to go, it's time to go? Or do you think you need reps as a Turing pro to kind of get ready for it? Meaning, like, you know, they don't. he hasn't played as much. If you look at Rom's schedule and Kepka's schedule, you know, Rom's got a hell of a lot more competitive rounds in this year. And, and, and I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I'd be curious, you know, as a former touring professional, what's your, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Do you need the rounds or is a guy like Brooks, it's not needed. He puts in the work, he's ready to go. Yeah, I, I think he puts in the work and he's ready to go. Um, you know, we always said when you're, when you're going into Q school, you want to get as many, uh, you know, reps and rounds as you can. But, you know, you also don't want to be that guy that, plays 10 weeks in a row and then goes into Q school because you might have a little bit of mental fatigue. 
you know, so you got to make sure you're getting your rest in between the tournaments, uh, which I think based off of the full swing, he gets plenty of rest hanging out with, uh, with Jenna, but, you know, um, but, but when, I mean, when you look at it, it's like, it, it feels like Rom plays every week. Heath plays every week, Cameron Young every week, Hovland every week. You know, those guys are going after the, the FedEx Cup, right? And that's why they make it so it, when you do play every week and you have an opportunity to get all those points, you get that $10, $15 million at the end of the year by winning the Cup. And, you know, and, and same with Rory, you know, it's like those guys, those guys are out, you know, playing every single time where even on the live tour, you're guaranteed your money up front everything else is just a bonus. Uh, there might not be as much incentive to go out there down the stretch and just really, like you said, play week in and week out. But to have, you know, three guys on the live tour finish in the top five, I think that's pretty freaking good. The uh, the champion, John Rahm, have you, I mean, he's from that Phoenix area and, you know, not originally, but it's been down there quite a bit. You've been down there a while. Have you crossed paths with him, played with him, played with guys who play with him? Like, what do you know about, him, you know, obviously great player, but have you had a chance to see it up close and, you know, what do you hear what kind of guy he is and obviously, you know, one hell of an accomplishment this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I've been on the range over at Silverleaf and I've watched him hit balls and it's nothing short of impressive. Uh, you know, he keeps, he, every time I text him, he doesn't get back to me. But uh, other than that. What's, what's the odds of that? That yeah. seems really weird to me. But uh, yeah, it, maybe it, he's it, got cell really phone weird. problems or something, you know, poor reception. Yeah, I don't think he gets a that's reception over there at Silverleaf. We'll have to talk to Ben Herman about getting a tower out there. But, um, but you know, he, um, you know, him and Tony Finau are, are, you know, both members of Silverleaf and they, they play a lot together. And, and just from what I've heard about him through the, through the grapevine of people is that he is as fiery playing a money game as he is competing in a major. And he's just one of those guys that wants to win every single week. And he knows that he can, he has the, the talent and ability um, but he's, I mean, I mean, yeah, he, he just, he just wants to go out and win, you know, same thing. Like, you know, people used to talk about the, the mindset mentality of Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, you know, they don't want to go out there and beat you. They want to, you know, they want to rip your heart out and, and he's got that mentality behind him, you know, which is, which is really, I don't want to say it's, um, uncharacteristic of a, of a Spaniard, but you know, and then kind of that European culture. But, you know, I mean, you look at the old days, like back when, when you know, you were growing up and Seve was playing total on those killer. old Ryder Cup teams. Oh. Total killer, yeah. right? And I don't know if, like, you, you know, you talk about Sergio. Obviously, you know, Sergio won the Masters. He's been a great player forever. But when you look at Sergio's journey, you just – it doesn't seem like Sergio just has that real buried killer instinct like, a Rom or a Mickelson or Tiger hat. Oh, I think he had it maybe just yeah. not every week like Rom has it, right? Yeah. Maybe I, the Ryder Cup he had it or a major, but I don't think he's got it like Rom has it, you know. Rom, Rom to me is just, you know, he's got some Tiger in him, you know, young Tiger where it's just like hanging out there for second place. He's at, he's out there for the history books. Yeah, and you know, getting over that hurdle winning his first major at Torrey Pines uh, when we were out there a couple of years ago in 21, you know, watch, I mean, I mean, just watching how that course played and how difficult it was and how he played it, um, is, is, is just a feat in itself, you know, obviously, uh, U.S. Open golf. But then when you look at, you know, now following up with the Masters, which is the crown jewel of, you know, winning majors, 
um, to go out there and do it. I, I think that's really going to throw him over the hurdle toward now, you know, he's, he's really ready for that PGA. He's really ready for that uh, open championship. Not like he wasn't before, but now it's like, Hey, I, you know, I won the hardest test in golf with the U S open and the masters. Now let's, now let's go get the other ones. I, I have no doubt he's going to complete the grand slam. You know, it's just a matter of time. If, I mean, you look at his starts this year. I mean, I mean, he has, he has what eight starts. He's won five of them. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, you know he's playing in the big time events too. You know, and he's been that good. Uh, it's, it's you know, I love his golf swing. I love his demeanor. I love how he has that fire a little bit more under control. Like he's just in his prime right now. You know, he will be right from now to about thirty five. He looks like he's going to be playing some great golf. And if that golf swing can't win an Open Championship, I mean, I don't know what will. Right? I mean, it's such a heavy, nice ball flight for it. You know, look out for that one. Yeah, and he's got an amazing short game too. You know, it's one of those things we always look at the the ball striking of PGA Tour players, but you know, you look at Jordan Spieth, you look at Patrick Reed. Um, I mean, even you know, like just looking at the leaderboard here, some of the shots that Cameron Young hit, Victor Hovland hit around the green. Uh, it's just incredible, you know, because I mean, those guys are going out hitting. 10 to 14 greens around, you know, 14 being optimal. Uh, but even the guys that are hitting 8 to 10 are keeping it 2 to 3 under. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, and there's some videos of them out there at Silverleaf just hitting some of these chip shots. And, I mean, they're spinning back 20 feet from 25 yards. Yeah, I just, it's insane. Like Boyd Summerhays, I think, is the one that posted some of those videos out there. And you're just looking at how effortless it is and, there's no no pin out there that's safe for those guys. Another uh, Phoenix guy, which I, I did not see this one come. We kind of you know talked about it earlier of a live guy doing well, but like Phil Mickelson all of a sudden showed up. Uh, to me, he's not looking real great. I feel like he should eat and like start working out again or something. And I, I, I'm not a big fan of golfers getting skinny. You know, like he's not running a marathon. I don't know. Uh, without getting too much detail, is there is there something going on in? Phil's world down there because it looks like he's not eating and uh, I mean he showed up and played some great golf I mean a hell of a final round the talent's still there uh, I was I mean I was shocked he played that good because there's been no sign of this coming and you know no, boom, he's well, there I, and you know I know talent doesn't go away but hell of a performance for what a 52 or 53 year old man 53 maybe something like that it's uh, impressive but yeah he's he's not looking strong like he used to I don't know if he's like you know, running or not eating or something. It's just, he looks, doesn't look good, but played good. So yeah, I mean, take it back. Know. I don't know. Thoughts, I, thoughts on Yeah, that. I mean, I don't know. Two, two, two things. I mean, one of the things we say in our industry is never trust a sales rep with skinny kids. Um, and he also looked like, you know, boys Olsen turned vegan. I mean, if, if boys showed up with a size 32 weights at Dismal River, we'd be going, dude, are you doing okay? Yeah, like, yeah. What, like, what the heck's going on, you know? Um, I, I know a lot of it is stress. You know, he's had a lot going on in, uh, in his personal life. Uh, nothing I can 100% confirm. But, um, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of rumors out there and, and talks about his, you know, his gambling addiction. And I, I think it's uh, I think it's something where his, his personal life and some decisions that he's made are, are wearing on him. Uh, maybe he's drinking too much of his coffee blend. I, I have no idea. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you see someone and, and they kind of, you know, look whole to you. And then they lose a lot of weight, and then they don't look healthy losing a lot of weight. Uh, you know, Boo Weekly 
tried it. John Daly tried it, and it didn't really work for him. Um, you know, just because of the way that the weight moves around the golf swing and what they're they're used to doing. But but yeah, I know he's got a lot of stress going on in his personal life, and that's kept under wraps. But you know, if he uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if he continues to get skinnier, I'm really gonna wonder. Um, you know, what's going on? Is he hanging out with DJ too much at the casinos? Um, but, well, you, you just know, know like, in, if you're uh, lifting or working out to be a golfer, they don't normally say lose weight. It's get stronger and get more flexible. Like, like Rom, right? Rom would be crazy to lose the belly, right? Like, just there's no point. Crazy. He's like farm boy strong with huge legs and a, you know, huge trunk. And yeah, does he, is he absolutely ripped like with a beach body? No, but it doesn't matter because he's swinging a golf club for a half a second. You know, I would never tell him, hey, go get ripped. Stay strong. Stay flexible, <laughs> but don't go get, you know, absolutely beach body toned up. Like, you know, I always think like David Duvall, not good when he lost a bunch of weight. You know, uh, what, Duffner didn't work too good. You know, it's uh, it's a strange – this doesn't look as strong to me, but yet, you know, hell of a performance, right? Like, it really is for a man that age to play that well, especially out of nowhere. Yeah, his, his performance on the Live Tour has been – Less than spectacular. He looked like me on the mini tours. He was like 34 over par through 10 events, and you know you're kind of wondering why your why your why your kids are starving, you know. But but yeah, I mean uh, yeah, I mean you know like you mentioned Duval, it's all about that you know it's all about that image, right? Oh, you know Tiger was working out, so I started working out. Uh, Matt Kuchar, you know, no tipping Kuchar goes, yeah, you know I uh, you know tried to swing like Tiger and it wasn't working out for me and this was the best way I could learn how to win. And he did. And, and you know, it's like different strokes, different folks. Um, you know, and, and I don't think, you know, who doesn't get enough credit for how freaking built he is, is Victor Hoblet. Yeah. He's, he's I mean, if solid. you look at that guy's back, dude, if you look at shoulders. that guy's forearms, yeah. I mean, it, God, it was like, he was born lifting boats in Norway. I mean, I, I I'm just like, you know, how does, I mean, this guy can get through anything. This guy can get through eight inches of rough with a three wood. But I like he's that. He looks strong. He looks really, really strong. I mean, I don't think he's out there trying to lose weight. I think he's trying to get strong. No, yeah, exactly. And and I was always, uh, you know, I was always told, you know, by by nutritionists, hey, if if they were going to give any advice, work out more and eat more. Right. You know, and and that's what it is. You know, like like a lot of these a lot of these people, you know, or even if you look at like a, you know, Instagram model and their you know rib cage is sticking out, it's like what's the healthiest diet, you know, that you're on. And, you know, and these guys, you know, they're so fine-tuned now. Um, and, and, and they're wiry strong. You're not telling them, hey, go out and put on a bunch of weight or lose a bunch of weight or start working out more. It's like, hey, maintain your flexibility and what you're good at, right? I mean, you think Gary Woodland was ever told to, hey, stop working out, you know, let's, let's get you on the vegan diet. Impossible no. Whopper diet, like, like no, you yeah. know, not like. Are you going to tell Shane Lowry to lose a bunch of weight? No, it would be terrible for his golf game. No, it wouldn't work. I mean, no, it, no, it no. wouldn't work. No, you know? but no. the guy is like, you know, he's built like a brick shit house. I, I need to, I need to get in a fight with that guy. No. He's Irish. Yeah, plus it's like one <laughs> forearm shot, like his forearm and hands are the size of my legs, right? So I mean, just a big old <laughs> strong boy. No, it's. It is interesting though. You just don't see that many golfers lose that much weight and normally get successful with it. You just don't. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of odd. Um, uh, speaking of strong, Roy McIlroy. Very strange to me that he performed that bad this week. I, I'm, I'm surprised. Not to undermine it, I'm not really surprised. 
Really? Uh, just, I, I, I mean, just think that golf course hitting the high, as good as he drives it, and he hits a draw on yeah. command. Like, God, you think that golf course would just be so perfect for him? You're right. As you good as would. he drives it, as good as he's the, you know, the I would argue one of the best drivers of the golf ball on the face of the earth. And it, it just, yeah. I don't know if it's in his head at this point, but I think that golf course would just set up perfect for him. I mean, he's no he's no Jason Highland when driving it. Um, well, no, he doesn't hit it but, 260. He hits it much further and better. Yeah, but you hit it straight. Well, when you only hit it 260, it's really quite hard to get it terribly <laughs> offline. When he's hitting it 360, yeah. Yeah, the mathematics would say there could be more of a variance than uh, my 101-mile-an-hour club head speed with uh, – 248 carry rolling out to 262. Yeah, but, it, but it's, a, it's a nice 248 carry, it's, though. It's um, something, something. Yeah, but but with Rory, um, you know, you got to start arguing. I, I, I personally think it's in his head. Um, you know, back when he was with Nike and Nike stamps a RM5 on his Nike golf ball for major number five, and they try and do all this marketing stuff and feel-good stories, and it's a bunch of BS. You know, if you ask me, if Rory, in my opinion, if Rory was smart, he would skip every press conference and just focus on his game. And I get it. He's, you know, the the PGA Tour is trying to make him the face of the tour. And he's turned into a little bit of a politician with this whole list stuff. But when you're on full swing and you're telling Phil Mickelson to go F himself, when even though even though a lot of people don't agree with what Phil did, the reason why the purses are so big now is because Phil Mickelson said what he said, and the Lyft Tour did what the Lyft Tour did. And it's what the PGA Tour has been talking about for 15 years. The players going, hey, there's more money in the purse. We're the product. And Rory's just kind of turned into this catalyst for the, you know, we're better than them and this and that. And screw Phil Mickelson. Dude, like, why don't you – Phil Mickelson has three green jackets. How many do you have? Zero. Just go out and play the game. And, and and I think that personally just gotten in his head where he's a different sports psychologist or something. Do you think with the live players, you know, the, the, the knock on that is, you know, these guys are past their prime. I mean, besides obviously Cam Smith or whatever. And Patrick Reed's not competitive anymore. And Brooks was over and Phil can't play. And all of a sudden, like you said, you see this pretty good showing to show where their world ranking, you know, is a joke that, you know, they're at, they are where they're at. Um, do you think this puts more pressure to somehow get this thing resolved where more than even just four times a year you're getting the best players playing together or something to that extent because, I mean, it was a better tournament having those guys there? It was way better. It was way better. I mean, you, you, I, I think there's got to be some sort of resolve going forward. I mean, all the all the PGA Tour has done so far. I, I don't know how Jay Monahan still has his job personally. I mean, all they did was just copy the Live Tour's homework and make these elevated events and cater to the top 60 players. And the PGA Tour, I, I get it. You know, your product is those top, you know, 10 to 20 players that are showing up to the elevated events. But all of a sudden, you got elevated, no-cut events with the top 60 guys. That's exactly what the Live Tour's doing. You know, like, like what's happening to the guys that are outside, you know, the top 60, 65? You know, and, and you just go... What, you know, those are the guys that are really more in need of the paycheck. You know, like, you know, like for example, Joel Damon, right? JT Poston. You know, it's just like those are the guys that you know when they get that 
$250,000 check, it, it really makes their, makes their year, right? Or, or at least keeps them, you know, going for a long time. Like the Rory McIlroy's and the uh, Scotty Scheffler's and the, you know, Cameron Young's, like, I mean, those guys are pretty much set for the rest of their life. And, and not to discourage being at the top, but all of a sudden, you know, Rory's going, well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a top-loaded tour. Well, dude, no, it's not. Like, those are not where the, the really good stories come out that change people's lives. And, and, and there's some rumors talking about a, you know, head-to-head mass play event, which I think would be great for TV. Oh, it would right? make a Get fortune. Get all those guys out there. How do they not do this at a some fortune. point in time? Can you imagine how much money it would make? It, it, the, the viewership of this thing would be crazy. And then, of course, you would have to do it like the President's Cup where you could get the matchups you want, right? I'm putting out Rory. If I'm the live guy, I'm like, I'm putting out Reed, right? You would just give them, you would give the public what they want and let them go out. Give them what they want. Yeah. Absolutely, right? Like, I'm putting out Rory, okay? I'm putting out Phil Mickelson, right? Okay, you're a pick, right? I'm putting out Right. Right. Yeah, and you would make make it to where people got the matchup they wanted to see. I mean, I don't know. There'd be so much money in this thing. I'm shocked somehow it doesn't ever happen. You know, for yeah, both sides. I mean, it, I mean, there's a lot of money left on the table if they don't eventually do this. Yeah, exactly. And I just, you know, like like, like I said, I mean, I, I love the PJ Tour. I love the, you know, I think the Live Tour has been great with what they are doing. Um, it, it just it just sucks because, like, you know, we watch the Masters, and then you got the guys out there on the Live Tour in their team shirts and logos and stuff and you know i mean patrick reed played a practice round by himself in his team gear right no different than any other year but that's what makes for tv it's what makes for drama and to have those guys you know showing up and playing the majors and they get the world ranking points i don't know if you saw how much they moved no how much you know but phil mickelson went from i mean i mean phil went from like 122 to 39 okay you know kept you know kepka went from you know 69 to 24. It's just, it's crazy. And you got to find, you got to find a way to do it and give people what they want. And Harold Varner said the best when he went to live tour, he's like, dude, I'm not doing a girl again. I'm doing it for, I'm doing it for the money and everyone else should stay the same. Like, that's why they did it. I mean, if they took the money out of the PGA purses and put them to corn fairy purses, do you think Rory McIlroy would play? No, absolutely not. What do, you, what do you think about? Uh, I was going to ask you two for the, on the Masters. This guy just seems to just be showing up like every week. Same thing. He hasn't won yet, but like, uh, or, you know, on a big level. But Cam Young, Cam Young, I mean, impressive, isn't it? What a move. He's got, he's got, he's got such a good move. You know, he just plays that high draw. He's got the pause at the top. Um, you know, Wake Forest, Demon Deke grad. Um, I think him and Zalatoris were on the same team. I don't know how they didn't win every tournament, but. He he's gonna eventually win and figure it out. It was unfortunate because in the third round, when the rain started coming down pretty hard, he lost some shots. You know, and uh, you know, I mean, when you look at his round two, round three, you know, because he was that morning late. You know, he went seventy two, seventy five, and then all of a sudden the weather got good again, and he fires a little sixty eight. And I, I, he eventually is gonna win. I might even throw him in the have for a U.S. Open or PGA, you know, because, like, when you look at L.A. Country Club and that thing's going to be playing, what, 7,800 yards? Yeah. I mean, he's got all the firepower and accuracy in the world to rip it. So I I, I, I would really look for If you're betting, bet Cam Young for one of those two events. It is interesting watching him, though, how few guys hit the big high draw anymore like he does. I was watching, you know, so many of the tracers now, it's that hard fade. 
hard fade, hard fade, hard fade. He's very, you know, him, Rory, maybe hit the, the big hook. Not big hook, but, you know, the high draw. You just don't see as much as you used to. Nah, it's, it's way easier. You know, as you're, as you're, you know, the longer the club, it's easier to work at left to right. You know, so that's why a lot of guys, you know, out there will, you know, with the driver to three wood, five wood, four iron, you know, work a cut in there. And then when they get down to their wedges, they start hitting little draws just because it's easier to control. But, but yeah, I mean, I watch out for Cam Young. I, I mean, I think him, I think Victor Hovland, Tagala, you know, with the top 10. I mean, watch out for those guys. I mean, I mean, they're going to win eventually. And I, I really want Hovland to win. He's one of those dudes who just, he's always got a smile on his face yeah. and he loves golf. I mean, dude, he still lives in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Does he really? And he just goes out and plays golf every. Yeah, he goes out and plays golf every day. He's still living in Stillwater. Yeah, living in Stillwater, you know, Oklahoma he, State. He but, just looks like a good dude. Yeah, like you just you could go out and have a couple of beers with him and a burrito, and he'd be fun. Yeah, well, dude, he was talking how he's like, hey, I didn't come from a lot of, didn't come from a lot of money, but I'm just happy that I can afford to put guacamole chipotle. Yeah, he just looks like a good <laughs> no, dude, right? Like he'd just be fun to go hang out with. You can get that sense, right? Like he's having a good time with this. Any yeah. other surprises this week? Like anything else that sort of stood out from just the tournament, watching it, any other kind of like tidbits, uh, you know, things that you observed as a, you know, former professional of out there and just sort of like that caught your eye or anything like that? Man, I mean, it's great to see a resurgence in Chris Kirk's game. You know, he went through a lot of personal stuff uh, two years ago, you know, checked himself into rehab and he's 100% sober now for uh, alcohol and he's back living in Athens, Georgia. And I got the chance to play with him at Pinnacle Peak after he missed the cut at the waste management. Dude, he was, he was such a cool guy. And he was, he, he's that guy who just plays a little five to 10 yard draw every single time. Um, you know, and, 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 and I think Chris will eventually end up getting one. He's playing great golf. Um, Justin Rose, it was good to see him. Kind of, kind of good to see him back. I mean, he's playing old M2 driver that he had. I mean, he basically bagged all the Hanma stuff and said, Hey, I don't, I don't care anymore. I got enough money. I'm just going to play what I'm, I'm comfortable with. Right. And, you know, it's, it's good to see him back up there and, and playing good golf, you know, JT Poston, even for him, you know, he had a top 35. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that continues to find the leaderboards, you know, as he gets more comfortable, you might see him sneak in a U.S. Open or PGA, uh, you, you know, at, at some point, but when you look at, you know, it's all the household names pretty much at the, at the top, but Sam Bennett, watch out for him. I mean, what an incredible story. You like that golf swing though? I mean, I, I don't like the golf swing, but listening, listening, you know, he's a gamer, but he's just, he's narrow, he's, he's narrow at the top, which means he's got to open his hips a lot, right? Open, open his hips and square. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a, um, I'm trying to think of the other pro that has a swing. Swing like you know, it's kind of like a Joaquin Neiman swing, where you just you got a lot of hip throw and, and turn in there to get that club face square. And I just, I just want the kid you know, to play and, and faster, said, though. My God, like hit it, dude, hit it, dude. So I was watching him against Ben Carr in the U.S. Amateur, and I think I tweeted about it to all three of my followers. God, he takes forever to hit the Jesus. ball. And like, I go, I go. Just, <sighs> I just lose my mind. Hit it. Just um, hit it. I think he'd be better. Just hit it. I'm going to throw another person under the bus here. I can't stand to watch play is Patrick Cantley. Oh, and that was he slow, is, too. I mean, Ooh. oh, my God. Hovland, Hovland's walking 40 yards ahead of you on the left, 
for you to hit a shot. And then he's, you know, reading putts forever on stuff that for him just doesn't really matter. And he's been slow for a while and it's just really got noticed this last weekend. But Ben, I mean, dude, play faster. It's not that hard. Come on. Well, that's why I like watching Rob and Kepka. They were just like, you know, when they were all in that threesome together group, right? All of a sudden, you know, Ben is taking forever. All of a sudden, over to Kepka, boom, hits it, right? Like, no messing around. Brooks was ready to go. Like, hit it. And Rob plays Ready to go. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very slow. I mean, obviously, hell of a performance for an amateur player. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't love the golf swing, but you know what? It's his swing. He's obviously, you know, won the USAM with it. He's competing in the Masters with it. So, I'll, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, the swing doesn't have to look aesthetically perfect to the eye to play really good golf. And that's been proven over time. Uh, it is a different type of golf swing versus where they kind of slot the club at now. You know, it's kind of drawn to the inside. Like you said, he's narrow. It, it doesn't look like he, – I mean, he pounds it out there pretty good. It doesn't look like he'd hit it that far, yet he makes it work pretty well. So I'll give him – you know, I'll credit to him from that standpoint. You know, it doesn't look like a real power move. But you know when he's watching him, he was keeping it up with the with the big boys a few of the times. So you know he's got enough horsepower. Yeah, yeah. He even said himself, you know, he's not a bomber, but you know that's not his game. You know, like Zach Johnson won the Masters, doesn't hit it far, right? Laid up on every par five that one year. Um, you know, Rose doesn't hit it overly far. Fitzpatrick doesn't hit it far. Won a U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, but he got you know, longer. Though. He got longer. He, he has gotten longer, you know, uh, and even watching that full swing stuff. I mean, and not saying this in a bad way, but gosh, he's such a nerd. Yeah, um, he's just into his golf, you know. He's uh, just into his golf. We're, 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 he's not coming on the Dismal River trip, I'll tell you that much. No, he will not be out late, and there will not be a uh, like a pickup, uh, you know, football game with bottles being thrown around and as footballs at one in the morning with somebody being tackled by a former NFL player. I don't think he'd be down for that. I don't know who that happened to. I no, to me either. It's a legend that's happened. A couple times. <laughs> well, Mikey D, always the best. Uh, I say we do this after the PGA again. See yeah, what we can do that after the PGA. Yeah. See what happens after the PGA. Yeah, maybe get, get your notes. See what happens. You know, let me know if I would have say top forty it in your opinion. You know, did I have a chance <laughs> that week <laughs> with my with hey, my new I, my, with my new knee? Right, so. Um, you know, we can talk about that and, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll, 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 we'll stay with the really good players. Let's, let's assume I would have missed the cut by 42 shots and just called a day on that one. Fair. That'd be fair. I don't, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. 20, but, 20, you know, I, I hope 25 me, shots, maybe I could probably go 84, 83, maybe at my best. Yeah. I could miss it by yeah, 20, well, so 20, 22, 23 shots. It's respectable. Yeah. Just, you know, keep, uh, Keep rehabbing the knee. You know, we we're gonna uh, get look there. forward to getting back. Yeah, we're going to get there. The, the goal is June. So if we can be fully back, well, you know, making full swings by June, we're, 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 that's the goal. So still training hard to get there. It's been, uh, it's been a bit of a struggle, but, uh, you know what? One week at a time. So we'll be ready. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. We got the Scottsdale crowd coming out this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll get you through the rounds on pure adrenaline. Or we'll just have Slaw carry me or something like that. <laughs> like a Sherpa. He'd be like a Sherpa for us. <laughs> Mikey D, always the best. Thanks, Semi Pro. Uh, we'll be talking to you soon, and we will do it. Let's just do this this year after every major and put our minds together and see what we can come up with. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, let's do it. And then if somebody shanks one to lose a golf tournament, we'll get on there and talk about it. There you go. All right. Have a great time in Phoenix night. All right. You too, man. We'll talk All right. to you. Later. Later.